late 80s, a young guy living in San Francisco decided that he wanted to be a guru. So he moved to rural Washington state, got himself some new clothes from an outdoorsy store, and donned some sandals. This wannabe guru was James King. King claimed that he would lead his followers to what he called a charmed circle of existence, or God life. But the journey didn't come for free, and soon King was taking his followers' money and abusing their trust. Welcome to Sinister Societies, a Spotify original from Parcast. I am Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Every week, we're going to cover your favorite cults, faith followers, and secret societies. We'll look at how some of the biggest secretive societies and cults have made their fortunes. And how they've also managed to run in plain sight and permeate into your everyday life. Today, we are going to tell you all about James King's new Gnostic church. Inspired by the New Age and self-empowerment movements, King told his followers that he was the only one who could help them reach spiritual enlightenment. Ground well trod. Yeah, also, (laughs) young guy in the late 80s living in San Francisco, wants to be a guru, buys himself some outdoorsy clothes, puts on some sandals. He could have become the next tech. Yeah. Tech man or cult leader. Exactly. It only goes one of two ways, sometimes both Elon Musk. But I would venture that he left San Francisco because there was quite a lot of competition for people mm. who want to take that top spot. I bet. Also, very expensive real estate. Yes. Not prime for communal living. Mm-mm. You want to get out. I was going to say West. That's the sea. Get out East. Get, <laughs> get out in the middle. Get out of the West. Get out of the West. Hola. Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow, now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to The Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with The Weather Channel app. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get into James King's early life and how he established his new Gnostic church. And let's be upfront here. Information about his life is hard to find because he's done a very good job of keeping his life and his church highly secretive. James King was born around 
around 1958, already kicking off with our not certain facts because we just don't know that much. Reportedly, he lived for a while in the San Francisco Bay Area. And in the late 80s, when he was in his 20s, King moved to Washington State in order to become a guru. He moved to a rural town called not Wakanda, which is exactly what I wanted to say. It's Wowkanda. So it's not Wakanda, it's Wowkanda. Wowkanda, <laughs> which is apparently a real life place. And it's in north central Washington, just south of the Canadian border. And like all good gurus, King liked to dress in clothes from the outdoorsy shop REI, which of course included sandals for footwear and I bet socks and sandals. It's cold if you're up near Canada. You don't want your toes blowing in the wind. No, you've got to stay true to the sandal aesthetic, mm -hmm. but um, you've got to wear those socks. And according to some of his former followers, he liked to listen to the singer Meredith Brooks, who apparently is best known for her song called Bitch. <laughs> I would love to revel in knowing who Meredith Brooks is. I don't. I don't either. I know you don't. No, no I definitely don't. There. I definitely don't. I mean, there were people aghast that we didn't know who Roy Orbiston was in that episode <laughs> long ago. <laughs> and around this very time, his let's call it his bitch era, King married a woman named Terry. But the date of their marriage is unclear. And we also don't really know how long they were actually married for. But there was a wife and there was a marriage. So in the late 80s and early 90s, something called charismatic Christianity was on the rise in the US, as were New Age groups and, of course, the self-empowerment movement. Two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. It's just a little smorgasbord storm in a teacup of alternative religious outlets, yeah. can we say. Yeah, I would argue the very left wing and the very right wing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Many of these New Age charismatic self-empowerment groups centered around a central figure or guru who would define the group's principles. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> they tended to steer away from new interpretations of ancient religions and would embrace learning about their own soul. James King soon started giving self-empowerment talks around the Seattle area, where he told his followers that he would guide them on their journey of self-discovery. Which is something we have seen before but not with Christianity. That's what's a bit different about this guy, is that it's got all of the spiritual trappings of a hippie New Age movement, but it's like, we don't need any of that Hinduism nonsense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 you're Leave right. Leave your bindis at home. But absolutely. Save those for God Life the Festival. <laughs> and he did that by calling his faith the new Gnostic Church. We don't really know why he was drawn to Gnosticism in particular, but for those of you who don't know what Gnosticism is, let's do a, a little bit of a quick refresher. Ancient Gnosticism was a collection of religious beliefs with a focus on spiritual knowledge and was widely considered to be heretical by mainstream Christians at the time. So you won't learn about it in Sunday school, my friends. The Gnostics believed that only a select few could receive God's blessing. The way I've always understood it is it's a lot more inward looking than the rest of Christianity where you're waiting to be told mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the answer. But Gnostics need to find the question. Oh, and yeah, and it's already very like ringing a lot of exclusivity alarm oh, yeah. bells because it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can't just get into heaven by being a good person and following the word of God and blah, blah, blah. It's already preordained. Like mm -hmm. it's only a select few that are ever going to do it. And it's probably not you. <laughs> 
Agnostics also believed that humans contained a piece of God within themselves, which is going to upset a lot of Christians, I'm afraid. Yeah, I thought... That's, Even the ones that eat a bit of God every Sunday. Yeah, I feel like that's not a chill thing to be saying. No, you can't really say that and expect some people not to be upset, uh, especially some people in white hats. So this piece of God within themselves, they referred to it as knowledge and that knowledge was the key to unlocking transcendent understanding and unity with God. That bit's fine. Mm-hmm. You just can't have him inside you. So King reportedly told people that humans are their own gods who are capable of god life. Yep, here we go. And that they are the creators of their existence. He claimed that he could see the inner god inside them. He also told those who would listen to him that if they joined his church, he could teach them the god life and lead them to a charmed circle of existence. King said the ultimate goal of life was the spiritual release from the material weight of existence. By doing this, humans could reach their godlife status, which King described as the deal. So he's nicking Nirvana. It's a lot of like pre-existing philosophy uh-huh. that we would obviously see repackaged with the terms Christianity. Yeah. And he's like, but it was my idea. Mm-hmm. This has never been yeah. recorded before uh-huh. in the history of human life. I know it sounds familiar. But it shouldn't, because that means you've been reading that Eastern philosophy. Exactly. Look over there. (laughs) How dare you? King described this deal as, quote, the absolute elimination of all opposition to the goal, heaven on earth, from moment to moment through constant and eternal vigilance. That sounds tiring. It's going to get worse. In brief, an eternal willingness to pay any price as the price of freedom for all mankind for all eternity with a transcendence beyond the need to pay any price at all. That does not make sense. I'm hurt and confused. Is he saying you need to pay the ultimate price to transcend to a point that paying the ultimate price is no longer paying any price? <laughs> Pass. I mean, maybe. You seem like you've got a greater handle on this than I feel I like do. I've got it. I feel <laughs> okay. like I've got it. You're the God King now. Yeah, bitch. The Seattle Weekly wrote in 2006 that one of King's teachings was that humans are not their bodies. And if you assumed that the way your body experienced the world was reality, you had issues that would block you from reaching God life. And the worst thing in King's universe was to have issues. And it seemed to work because people were drawn to this message because by the early 90s, King started to find followers and the new Gnostic church was officially established. All right. All right. I get it. I mean, it's the 80s, 90s. You know, everyone's taking ecstasy at underground raves. Everyone's having a suicide Tuesday every week. Mm -hmm. Joining a new age movement. Yeah. You know, someone's like, come and live some God life. You'd be like, yes, you're Mm -hmm. right. I do hate working in HR. Yes. And then he's like, look, you don't have to go to the like total extreme of signing up to like be in an actual like organization that is asking you to learn a bunch of new scripture. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could just join this one and you probably grew up in a Christian household, so it's a lot easier. Yeah. Words that you already know. Easy. God life. Coming up, we'll get into James King's promise of a God life existence and the rules that came with that promise. Hola. 
Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow, now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's get into James King's new Gnostic church recruitment process and beliefs. James King grew his new Gnostic church by asking current members to recruit people for him. Genius. Oh, delegate, delegate that shit. You're busy. Absolutely. You're busy polishing your sandals. Absolutely. And you want to just, you know, pyramidy shaped things are often successful for a while. So King tended to attract people who were struggling with life, such as people who were dealing with depression or who had issues with sex or problems with self-growth. King claimed he could solve all of these problems. The Seattle Weekly described King's congregation as, quote, starving artists, strippers, business owners, and Microsoft employees. Sick burn. I know, it's great. I guess what they're saying is obviously that he seems to have been able to go after a lot of people from a wide variety of Mm -hmm. places, but pointing out that probably in the 80s and 90s, much like today, everyone in all of these areas of life seemed to be dealing with a lot of issues. Yes, and I think if you had to choose another umbrella term for all of those different types of people, it would be people who like to microdose at work. (laughs) As part of the initiation process into the church, former members claimed that recruits were asked to spend a week with King at his property in Wakanda. For the experience, they were asked to pay anywhere from $500 to $2,000, sometimes even more. During their stay at his house, they would have to read King's flight manual, which was a 78-page document filled with spiritual principles that King called aphorisms. Sounding a little bit Heaven's Gatey, isn't it? Mm, yes, it is. Yeah, bit space age, bit no, thank you. Mm. Bit matching trainers mm-hmm. for my liking. And these recruits would have to go through something called processing, which sounds ominous. And this was a twelve-hour session that involved a meeting with King, in which the person would have to talk about their personal problems, like an intensive psychotherapy session. After an hour with my therapist, I need to lie on the floor for about three days. And after this session, King would ask the person to place their hands into his. When they did, he would say, thank you. He might repeat this process for up to 10 minutes. Cult experts have described this type of thing as a prototypical way of creating a hypnotic bond to a leader. I mean, I bet that shit works. Oh, yeah. You want me to talk about your trauma for 12 hours Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then repeat the same two words at you for 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm hypnotically bonded to you now. Yeah, you already are. A former member of King's Church told the Seattle Weekly that during his processing, King asked him if he'd ever stolen anything. And the man said that he had put his head in his hands and started crying. And when he looked up, it was many hours later and it was dark outside. Uh Uh-oh. Once recruits had gone through their processing week, 
Only then were they able to join the other members of the church. By the early 90s, James King had about 40 followers. The new Gnostic church congregation didn't have a central meeting spot. Instead, they would meet at various followers' homes around the Seattle area. Members of the church were expected to give the church 10% of their earnings. Standard E, standard times. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. If anything, a bit low. (laughs) The gatherings could have up to 25 people attending. James King would sit in a chair and ask people about themselves and their behaviours. The members were all close, and they would seek counsel from King before making important life decisions. King made it known that he could be contacted at any time of day or night for guidance. I'm never too busy to hear about all your problems so that I can use them to manipulate you. Yeah, because I don't have a fucking job. (laughs) And followers took this opportunity, and they were known to call him at particularly turbulent times in their lives. Former members have said that they became highly dependent on King, and these sessions. One of King's early followers was Barbara Loran, a chiropractor who joined in 1993. Barbara Loran's husband at the time, Dean, told the Seattle Weekly that she came back from one of King's processing weeks, a totally changed woman. Before leaving for her processing week, Barbara had been a vegetarian, but when she got home, she started eating meat. I would have expected that to go the other way. And according to Dean, she started drinking. When Dean asked her what was going on, she said, Ask James. Not long after, Barbara Loran moved in with James King. King and Loran soon started a long-term relationship. It's unclear if King was still married to Terry at this particular moment in time or if she even knew about Loran at all. And soon, Barbara Loran started offering her chiropractic expertise to King's congregants. Never trust a chiropractor. Ever. (laughs) Words to live by, honestly. They're just failed orthopedic surgeons. You heard it here. A former client of Barbara Loran's told the Seattle Weekly that Loran was persistent in trying to recruit her into the church at one of her appointments. She says she was also pushed into talking about her sexual preferences. Mm. Yeah, no thanks. Loran also reportedly tried to recruit other clients of hers to King's Church, and occasionally she would be successful. By 2005, it's thought that the new Gnostic church had between 75 and 100 members, and they were spread across Spokane, Wakanda, and Seattle. They're not doing terribly on the recruitment, but I think they are lacking the central point of Congress, Mm. which is tripping them up slightly, I think. Yeah, they need the communal living. They need to get everybody into one spot. Mm -hmm. Do it that way. The processing week, it's not enough. No, I'm also really enjoying how this show has turned into a how-to-cult manual. I know. This is where you're going wrong. (laughs) We've seen it all, and this will never work. Up next, James King's manipulation of his followers comes to light, and the State Department of Health comes knocking when he decides to try his hand at being a chiropractor. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So, let's get into how James King's manipulative practices led to his downfall and the eventual end of his new Gnostic church. James King often taught his female followers that one of their main constraints in life was unresolved sexual feelings. Here we go. And I bet they resolve themselves when you have sex with him. (laughs) I'll be shocked if it's anything else. Yeah, such as the Gnostic power of his appendage. And all they had to do to reach spiritual enlightenment was... Ding, 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 ding. What do you think it is? Is it have sex with him? Yes. And as we mentioned earlier, James King taught you that if you had issues, you can't reach the so-called God life. And I bet the issue he found most of all was unresolved sexual ones. In affidavits and interviews, former female members of the group have said that they had sex with King during their processing week. So he's wasting absolutely no time. Members have admitted to agreeing to some of King's suggestive requests because he was, quote, James King. And there is even more. King was known to offer financial advice to members during meetings, claiming that he was a financial expert. And I guess that his advice was, give it to me. (laughs) He apparently advised members to open offshore accounts through a company that he would earn commission from. From the time King formed his church until at least 2005, he received, at the very least, $189,000 from seven Washington State residents. And this money was made from his offshore trust recommendations. So actually, that's kind of smart. Just make me a cheeky little trustee. I'm not taking your money. Yeah, yeah. How dare you insinuate (laughs) such a thing? He also advised some members to invest in gold, One member who he offered to help was a 72-year-old woman. He told her that her money would definitely increase in value, so she gave him $78,000 to invest on her behalf. At one point, King told her that the value had increased to $138,000, which was not quite right because the value of the gold was only $33,000. And King took $4,000 in commission something he didn't disclose that he was going to do at the beginning. And that money was that poor old lady's life savings. Another member claims that King took five grand of her money, and other members have also said that he got them involved in various other scams. Former new Gnostic members told the Seattle Weekly in 2006 that, quote, when they were in the church, they felt detached from and unaffected by the world as if they were members of an elite and immune brotherhood. They'd been processed, stripped of issues, and the rest of humanity had not. Which is what quite a lot of people want. Mm, True that. Thank you ever so much for listening. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. 
And we just want to mention that for today's episode, we referenced the reporting of Philip Dordie of the Seattle Weekly, as well as Ashley Bach of the Seattle Times. Remember to follow Sinister Societies on Spotify to get a brand new episode every single week. You can listen to this and all other episodes of Sinister Societies for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this here show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us and you'd like to hear us talk about some other weird and wonderful crimes, then you can head on over to our OG show, which is called Red Handed, which we also release every single week. You can find Red Handed wherever you listen to your podcasts. And by the time you're listening to this, it's very likely that we will have released yet another fantastic two-parter on the satanic panic, which includes the murder of Betty Ann Sullivan. And if you don't know that case, my God, are you going to be horrified? And we are going to be making some very interesting links to talking about why the satanic panic never really went away and how it's just kind of transformed into all of the crazy conspiracy theories that we see popping about the internet today. So come on over, visit us at our home or come and see us here at our holiday home on Spotify and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Sinister Societies is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo, Gemma Waters and Tracy Levy. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. Research by Chelsea Wood and fact-checking by Cara McAleen. And we're your hosts, Hannah Maguire and Saruti Bala. <laughs>